when I came, when I left here, I, I took a uh, I took a ministry in uh, Detroit, Michigan, before I went on to the little church in um, Jackson, Michigan. You may grab some more chairs. Go ahead and do it. And in this ministry, I took on it was the, one of the largest student ministries in the country. We had over a thousand kids in the student ministry, and. Um, <laughs> One of the things that happened as I was uh, a youth pastor, there was more and more kids came to me with problems that I saw um, were very difficult to just solve with pastoral counseling and giving them Bible verses. And that's why I went on to get a mental health degree, because I really wanted to understand how I could help these kids. But I knew I couldn't do it in that large ministry. Um, and I, I left and took a small, went to a small ministry with about a church of about four or 500 people and about 100 kids in the youth ministry and went back to school and got the mental health degree. And then after I finished my mental health degree, um, looked at my kids and said, where do you want to guys go set up a Christian counseling center? I'll go, I can go anywhere because I think my concept is something that God could use anywhere. And my kids looked at me and said, Dad, we want to go back home. I said, well, we are home. So Dad, we were born in Delaware. We want to go back to Delaware. So I came back to Delaware, and we drove into my neighborhood that I moved out from just about eight years before, and realized I couldn't even afford my old house. <laughs> the prices were ridiculous. So we kept going south until we found a house we could own. We lived down in Newark, uh, down by the college, and um, um, which was perfect because then I began to ask God, okay, Lord, open up some doors. And uh, as a result... Um, he put together the model that we use today called Renewed Life Christian Counseling Center. Um, and um, you'll hear in the next breakout session is Luann. Where's Luann? There she is. She's one of our counselors there. Um, we have uh, two others. Uh, one that's um, uh, another PK. She's the uh, daughter of a pastor in uh, Bear. Uh, she does our, most of our chemical dependency stuff. And then another one, Ruth, who's been with me since my second year of doing this. And we started and opened that in 2004. When I went into counseling, I told God there's two I don't want to work with borderline, which is a very severe um, kind of personality disorder. I don't want to work with sexual addictions. Okay? Guess what I have almost the most of? Don't ever tell God what you don't want to do. Okay? Now, as a result, he forced me to really think through a lot of the issues that we're going to talk about today. And um, I use a lot, as I, I say in here, from pureintimacy.org, which is a spinoff from stuff that's done from focus on the family and raising kids with healthy understanding of sexual um, health. And you want to be able to do that. And as I open here, I go, wow, promoting sexuality, healthy sexuality from 0 to 12 years old, which was our original session. We're actually going to go to 18 because they asked me to do more. Um, uh, or yours says 18 years. Oh, good. You got it updated. Did you ever think you'd have to be living in a world where children were so covertly abused by explicit sexual material in our culture and our media? How many of you think the world has never been as worse as it is today? You're absolutely wrong. You haven't done your history. <laughs> the Corinthian time, the Roman times was much worse than we are sexuality wise. So we haven't even got close to how bad they were then. So don't think Jesus is coming tomorrow. Because it's got to get a whole lot worse. It's got to get a whole lot worse, okay? But I believe if we don't help them, we're supposed to believe that, but I don't think he's coming. If we don't help them create this healthy understanding and the world around them, they will create their very own, and you can look at this, their very own um, counter to God's plan, and they will grow up believing that the current social plan is a norm, and that God's plan is old-fashioned, outdated, and even weird. Because they do that today. 
I have many couples that I work with. I do a lot of premarital counseling. And one of the things I, I sit down with them and I go, is we're, they're kind of doing it backwards. In my day, you dated somebody, you married them, you had sex, you had kids, and then you usually went and moved from an apartment and you eventually bought a house. Today, it's totally backwards, right? Today, sometimes you move in together, then maybe you have, or usually you get pregnant and have a child, then you move in together, then you buy a house together. It's all messed up. It's not the way it used to be. It's not the way God intended it to be in any way. That doesn't mean God can't change it and fix it, but I really believe um, as parents, we have an incredible responsibility to teach the things that we're talking about today. All right? So we're going to go fast, and we're going to look at understanding what's normal. And I took this from pure intimacy, and I also took it from um, a really good mental health um, understanding from the Traumatic Stress Network, which works a whole lot with abused children and understanding <clears throat> how, they went, how they got into the situations that they got into. And uh, so, all right, so what's normal? Ready to write? What's normal? Questions about gender. Those are normal questions. At zero to four. Bathroom talk. Like potty training stuff. Talking about poo-poo, pee-pee, all that kind of stuff. That's normal, okay? (laughs) Exploring and touching your private parts in public and in private. Very normal for kids, zero to four. Okay? I remember my mom always used to say when she saw me doing it, she'd go, Quit picking. That was her thing. Quit picking. I still remember that as a kid. Um, Rubbing private parts with hands or even against objects, very normal. Showing private parts to others, that's normal at that age. It really is. How many of you got a zero to four? Anyone? Zero to fours? Okay. Assume you're nodding your heads as we go, right? Trying to touch mothers or other women's breasts is very normal. Breasts to them are not a sexual object. For most kids, all right? That's how they, so they don't see it that way. Removing clothes and wanting to be naked. How many of your kids run around the house naked, right? You have those little pictures of them running around the house naked? So you need to remind them, I'm going to show this to your teenage, your first date when he comes over, right? Um, Attempting to see other people when they are naked or undressed, such as in the bathroom, peeking in on their brothers and sisters. Normal behavior. Um, uh, Taking... Talking to children their own age about bodily functions. We just had my first granddaughter is due in a month. Um, my uh, oldest is 31, and uh, she's going to have a daughter. And we had a big to-do baby shower. It's not like you used to do it. You invite the whole family. Everybody comes. We had to rent out a place. We had 123 people. And we had to have a kid's table. And at the kid's table, they had Play-Doh. And somebody brought brown Play-Doh. So what do you think all the boys? What do you think all the boys were making out of the brown paleo? You got it. Look at the poop. You know. So children are really into body functions, poop and pee. It's okay at this age. Don't worry about it. Their parents are all going. Stop that! Stop that, Johnny! Stop that! I go. I said, it's okay. All right. All right. So what do we teach a zero to four year old? All right. Bonding with mom and dad. Bonding with mom and dad through healthy holding. Hugging, sitting on the lap of the parent as they read and they talk and they relax. So important. Just like he was talking about that you're going to be Jesus to them. And you want to hold them as much as you can. That is just so key to their understanding of being able to be connected. Um, understanding of male and female through identification of same gender parents. That's boys and girls that they're different. Mommy's different than daddy. 
That's all you have to say. You don't have to explain the detail. Okay? Just mommy and daddy are different. Respect for opposite gender parents as distinct roles that God has designed for them. And that's being able to say to your kid that, yes, that, your daddy is different than mommy because that's the way God designed it. And to keep instilling that concept into them that the difference between male and female is something God did. Okay? Parents must teach through their life um, an enjoyment of their role and gender. We really have to push that with our people, don't we? You need to enjoy that you're a female. You need to enjoy that you're a male. And you need to teach that to your kids. And they need to see that, that their, their dad is healthy and loves being a male. And their mom is healthy and loves being a female. Okay? Um, I grew up where um, most of my uh, parenting from my mom's side that she passed on to my two <coughs> sisters. I grew up with five in my family. That the females were not... Um, they're not at the same level as males. That they have all these terrible more burdens. We used to have this when my uh, my mother and my two sisters during their cycle. We called it the, the days of axe murdering, and we, it was just terrible. The way so a period was a very terrible time. Instead of just teaching, it was a natural and good time, you know. And the other three boys, we'd say it's axe murder time. Stay out. Don't go home, you know. And so they never. They, my mom never taught my sisters that it's a wonderful thing that you have that because that's part of what enables you to have children. So this is a teaching that God has designed for creation, for marriage, families, and gender um, reproduction. Daddies and mommies, all you're teaching at this age, daddies and mommies make babies by loving each other when they're married. You don't have to go into any more details. I love the story that uh, is if you ever read Dare to Discipline, which is just a great book. You should all read Dare to Discipline. You shouldn't be a parent without reading Dare to Discipline. It's old, but it's good, right? It's a great book. There's the one story in there where Jimmy walks up to Mommy and says, Mommy, where do I come from? <sighs> Sits him down. All right, we'll see. Well, Daddy loves a Mommy, and they get naked. And she starts to hold sex. He's got this weirdly look on his face. He's four years old. You know, he says, well, Mom, I just wanted to know, do I come from Ohio or Michigan? <laughs> because Jimmy is from Ohio. So be careful, all right? Don't have to go into detail at this age. Teach appropriate names for body parts and their functions. Do not use slang. Use real names, okay? Say what they are, okay? Teach your kids that it's okay to say those names. My kids used to get in trouble because um, they'd come home and go, what's the matter? Well, my teacher's all mad because I said my vagina hurts. <laughs> well, why did you say that? Because it does. <laughs> and the teacher says, don't say that in here. Say, my area hurts. Dad, what's an area? <laughs> so use the right words, okay? Um, teach basic differences between males and females. There's a basic difference. You don't have to, again, go into details. Um, when they ask questions, yes, boys have this part as a gender, a penis. Women, girls have a vagina. Use the terms, okay? Um, teach age-appropriate self-hygiene is a big important of this. Modesty and boundaries um, approach uh, for approaching touch. In other words, you want to teach things like good touch, bad touch, right? These are the ages you do at zero to four. And I put in big words, and who to tell if people do bad things or not so okay things to you. 
or ask you to do not to okay things to them, okay? They should know who to tell all the time. It's got to be a big deal. Wherever they are, keep reminding them of that when they're young, all right? Um, last, um, affirm the gender of your child as God's creation and purpose for their personhood as their key value. God made you a, a girl on purpose. God's got something for you to do as a girl that he wants you to do as a girl. God made you a man, a boy on purpose. And then, really? What is it? I don't know yet, but God will show you. Okay, so they should be looking out for that. All right. I'm going to do the same thing with each one of these stages, understanding what to stay clear of. All right? Unnecessary immodesty in the home. At this stage, stay away from unnecessary immodesty in the home. All right? Men, you're going to clothe yourselves a little more maybe during this time. Okay? Um, Keep yourself clothed. Slang words for body parts, as we talked about earlier. Jokes about the child's body. Don't ever joke about your child's body. Don't ever, ever do that. Okay? Because um, they, they don't understand that yet. They do not have abstract reasoning until they're into their junior high ages. Okay? Express, uh, another thing to stay clear of is expressing shock or shaming them for repeating words that they say that seem sexual like masturbation. Um, gosh, I remember... Uh, when my daughter learned that word at about three or four, she just kept saying it over and over again. You know, I just I didn't get shocked. I said, I don't say that. That's not a good word. Oh, okay, Dad. Uh, again, it's just like she was saying earlier. She said, don't show shock at a lot of stuff. You show shock, kids, kids learn from that. Um, so you want, don't show shock. And when they say a body part or a question about a body part, Mom, why do boys have penises? Well, honey, because that's the way God designed them. Remember, we're zero to four. Stay in here. Don't go any farther than that at this stage. A child's curiosity and best efforts learn right, help them to learn right from wrong. But to do that, they need to be met with tender correction rather than disgust. Don't be disgusted in your kids when they do things, okay? Just teach them right and wrong. Honey, don't play with your, your poop. Put it in the toilet and leave it there, Okay? Anybody have that trouble with their kids? <laughs> I know. Come on, come on. My kids were the only ones that playing with it. Um, stay clear of exposing them to seductive or sexually explicit behavior, such as cartoons, movie, TV, elsewhere, and watch the games, because it's in the games that they play, too. Okay? Um, stay clear of um, allowing older siblings or adults to violate boundaries by tickling them without permission. And express, excess, uh, permission or excessive overpowering or irritating them to a point of provocative way. Okay? So you just really watch out for that. Overemphasizing, you want to stay away from overemphasizing or praising appearance, especially in girls. You know? Instead of saying, oh, you look so pretty today, say, you look so pretty because of the way you took so much good time getting yourself dressed. I'm so proud of the way you got dressed today. And, and um, you know, you're learning how to match your clothes. That's great. Or your clothes don't match, but if you like it, that's fine. <laughs> At this age, that's all right. You know, don't worry about it. Um, um, stay clear of forcing them to hug or kiss people. Boy, I hate that one. I had to go, I had to kiss Aunt Bernice every time she came over. Um, 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 Stay clear of purchasing pint-sized versions of seductive fashions for them, okay? Be real careful in this fashion world. 
I, I really hate to see when I see little kids dressed like, you know, very seductive ways. And, and just to be real modest in that. All right? It's a, it's a understanding. All right, what's normal between five to eight? Uh, purposely touching private parts. Again, um, even to the point of uh, masturbation, self-stimulation, sometimes at this age, it's kind of early for it, but it's not uncommon. Um, and um, usually masturbation is at home or it's in other private places that, they've, that you'll see at this age. Um, in most cases, masturbation will not provide a significant issue at this stage. They won't keep doing it over and over again. Parents will want to gently redirect the children if they start doing that in the public or doing it in private and tell them it's best that, the, you know, that these are not things that you do and just redirect. You can redirect them pretty quick. All right. Um, attempting, another thing that's a good understanding is attempting to see other people when they are naked or undressed. Again, you know, they want to peek in. They're curious. Uh, a lot of times peeking in on their sister. Um, we had this really stupid bathroom where I grew up. And you could open the hall closet, and then there was another closet door inside the bathroom that you looked through, and it looked out the closet, right? And every now and then, my brother would go, look, you want to see something? And my sister would be in, in the bathroom, and he'd go and he'd push the thing open. Look, there she is naked. We were just all four and five years old. That was real normal. She'd scream and yell, but that was normal at that age. You know, you're just curious. And that's okay. My mom would come along and say, guys, that's not what boys do, so... Um, another thing that's very normal is mimicking dating behavior, such as kissing and holding hands. They're just mimicking, and you can redirect that too. Um, talking about their private parts, using naughty words, even when they don't understand what their meanings are. Very normal, very normal. Um, exploring their private parts uh, with children their own age, such as playing doctors. I'll show you mine if, I sh- if you show me yours. Very normal. Don't get, a, don't get worried. Uh, Role-playing, I'll be mommy, you be daddy, they'll role-play. Um, questions about pregnancy and reproduction, okay? And you want to use these uh, questions as times to teach and make sure you're teaching what they're asking. Like, where did I come from? Well, oh, you came from Ohio. Oh, okay. You know, not, not going into things in too much detail in five to eight yet, all right? Um, I would say at this age, too, please know what your schools are teaching. If you're in public schools, know what your schools are teaching so that you're work, at work and, and helping to correct anything that might be coming in that way. So, And I know that wherever you go in the, in the different places, I, uh, I've been all over the country um, in my different positions, uh, from California to Atlanta to Delaware to Michigan to back to Delaware, and it's all different wherever it was. Um, so just know what your schools are teaching um, in that area. And they, some of them start teaching it. You know, second grade, it's kind of, I don't know. All right, what should you be teaching them? All right, first of all, you're going to affirm everything you've been teaching them from zero to four. Okay, everything's going to build on what we've already talked about. You're going to affirm physical body of God's gift to us, and that it houses not only the physical organs, but our minds, our spirits, while we're on this earth as well. Okay, so we're going to try to get them to see that our bodies uh, have a lot more to it than just what they see. And this means we want to teach healthy values regarding sexual health and integrity. Um, circle that word. We're gonna, I'm going to hit you hard on integrity. That's my favorite word. Integrity, integrity, integrity. If you get that in your head and you, if you do nothing else as a parent but teach your kid integrity, your kid will be great. It's so key. Um, I'm a big disciple um, 
of uh, that concept of integrity. Howard Hendricks and his writings on integrity was really what my foundation for my, uh, my faith in coming to Christ. I read a lot of Howard Hendricks stuff on integrity as a young Christian. I didn't come to Christ until I was 19, never went to a church a day in my life till I was 19. And uh, my disciple just started feeding me Howard Hendricks and integrity, and it really made a difference in my life. <clears throat> Next, that, another understanding is that their responsibility to learn self-control in order to produce healthy sense of self and others. So all the time you're teaching your kid, it's their responsibility to learn to self-control themselves. I want you to control this area in your life. You can do this. Okay? Um, next, how to ask for privacy and needed boundaries. You have to teach them how to do that. Okay? Say, I need privacy. Teach them how to close doors. Teach them how to do that. When you go over to your friend's house and you have to use the bathroom, close the door and tell, you tell your friend, I need some privacy, I have to go to the bathroom. Teach them how to do that. They don't know how to do that. Teach them how, um, understanding for what to teach them is how to express thoughts and emotions that are respectful to the opposite gender and honoring God. If you teach these kids young how a man should respect a woman, and a woman should respect a man, you will, again, it's just amazing what you will do to change their life. It's such an important concept to learn that respect. Okay? Um, and it builds on what you're teaching them that there's a difference between the two. Next, especially today, supervise and instruct involvement with all media, cell phones, Music based on integrity. Integrity, there it is, that word again. Does it support or tear down your family value system and God's plan for your mutual respect and integrity? My whole measurement for my kids when they were growing up was, this doesn't support, and we're going to talk later about having a family motto, the hasty, my last name is hasty, the hasty mottos. Okay, Dad. It's really easy to teach. We'll talk about that in a minute. Provide an appropriate warnings about pornography at this age, um, and that it destroys God's plan for how we are to see men and to women. State it like alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, that's highly addictive. Yeah, at age five, you can start telling them, hey, if you start getting into this pornography stuff, you'll be addicted to this stuff. It'll take over your life. They won't fully understand that yet, but that's okay. You're planting a seed here. Um, this is a little bit controversial, um, um, but um, there's a lot of writing now coming out of Focus on the Family, really pressing that we start doing this a little bit earlier than we are. And the five to eight, mostly probably more seven and eight, is when you're going to start saying that it can be bad. Um, provide lots. Where did I leave off? Um, uh, provide, uh, supervise. Okay, the next one is provide, when appropriate, warnings about pornography, right? The next one is, it is at this time profane or slang words need to be discussed and rules established in your house. Okay? Establish rules for those words and those things. Kids need rules, they need structure. Next, provide supervision of age appropriate relationships. Obviously, we've got to be careful there, right? So we supervise as they're hanging around with older people, um, especially even if you have an older kid. And his friends and a younger kid, we need to watch out. Okay. Provide lots of wholesome physical, emotional, and spiritual affection. Okay. 
continue to provide lots of affection at this age. Um, just as Matthew was saying that his son is like 13 and 14, 15, they're going to start pushing you away. Okay, up till that time, gosh, just pour on the affection. All right. Next, pray with and for them about being men and women of sexual integrity. Start talking about integrity and sexual integrity with them. This is a word they need to start learning. Understanding what to stay clear of. Humor that devalues men, women, sexuality, body parts. Okay? Any humor that devalues that stuff, get rid of it. Say, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. Okay? I used to teach this thing called... um, uh, I have some. Of my, it's funny because I have some of my youth here that used to be in my youth group. Um, I used to teach a thing called good humor, bad humor. Remember that? A little bit. A little bit? Um, uh, I don't know if they still if, Ma- if Matthew's still teaching that. It's a great lesson on how to teach, but you should be able to teach kids good humor, bad humor. And the essence of it is bad humor belittles. If it belittles somebody, it's not humorous. It's not funny. And uh, uh, good humor is things that build up people or. Are, are, are funny because um, uh, you agree that they're funny together. Never minimize, never minimize their feelings about people, especially when they feel they express discomfort or dislike or certain other children or adults. Okay, don't minimize it. Try to figure out why they dislike. What is it about that person they dislike? Don't. And, and when you do that, you, that's when you start finding out that maybe there's something else going on. Okay. Don't assume they understand or remember terms or concepts after telling them once. You may have to reinforce new information, for example, repetition and other ways in explaining terms that are unfamiliar to them. So you're going to keep repeating the terms over and over until they learn them. Try not to show exasperation, right, over large number of questions they ask about topics you find uncomfortable. So if they ask you for the fifth time, why can't I play with my penis, Mom? <sighs> Don't do that. Go, well, honey, that was, that's not something that is you're supposed to be doing. That's not good for you. That's not appropriate. Okay, all right. Don't get exasperated with those kind of things, okay? Um, try not to show expressions over a large number of those questions like that uh, in any way, all right? Don't allow them to visit homes or other places are you ready? Where sexually explicit material is available. Okay, and this is one that um, folks on the family actually just started adding to a lot of their stuff. Look at that, libraries. Mm-hmm. What? I can't go to the library? Well, be careful. Homes with internet that you don't know if they have precautions or filters or other pornography on there. Mm-hmm. If you're letting your kid go to a friend's house and you don't know if they have filters on their internet, that's on you, parents. That wasn't the question I had to ask, but you have to start asking that now. When you say, hey, can Johnny come over and play? Um, hold on. Let me, can I ask you a question before he comes over? Do you have filters on your internet? No. Uh, then Johnny can't come over and play. Okay? Because you don't know what's going on. I remember a pastor telling me about he, his kids were over at a friend's house. He came over here and wanted to know if his kids were going to be scarred for life, but they were six years old. And he has filters on his house, and he was over at a friend's house. And his, his two boys were over there, and when he got over there, his, one of the boys go, come here, let me show you something on my dad's computer. And he opened up some pornography for him. And uh, they both ran out of the house going, ah, <laughs> which was a good thing, right? And came and told their dad. So I said, did you go talk to them about filters on their 
No, I guess I better do that. So you don't assume. You've got to ask that, okay? That's the new question today. You've got to ask if those are there. Um, and it was something we never had to do before. All right? Um, freedom. All right? You want to stay clear of freedom to text using Snapchat or other cell phone communications. Do you know what cell phone swapping is today? Oh, you don't know what cell phone? This is the big deal today for teens, okay? Understand this. Okay, now I'm told I can't interact with um, Sally Mae because she's not a good girl. My mom says no. So I'm going to go over and go, can I use your cell phone? And I'm going to call Sally Mae on your phone. I'm going to text Sally on your phone. I'm going to do all this stuff. And here you can use mine to the people you're not supposed to. No traces. Not out there. Okay, you might have, anybody know who Joe Paggs is, the radio talk show host? He lost his daughter to this very thing for, two, for about a week. She used to do the same thing. 16 years old, she would swap phones with a friend. He would, he would every day look at her phone. He was a good parent to make sure she wasn't interacting with people she shouldn't be. But she wasn't doing it on her phone. She was doing it on her friend's phone. And then one day, she didn't answer her phone. She wasn't around. Well, Joe Peggs lives in Texas, and he has friends, um, so he called up some of his friends. Well, two weeks later, they just barely got there in time and saved her daughter from being sold into sex slavery, 16 years old, okay? And she did it because she would text and interact on this other person's phone with this wonderful guy, which she's not allowed to interact with guys on her phone, so, big thing today. Watch out for phone swapping. Um, kids aren't going to tell you about it, but it's huge right now, okay? And it's one of the, ones, it's one of the most um, prolific ways that the sex traders are using to get to people, okay? All right, so uh, understand you gotta, they got to stay clear from swapping. You tell them you're never allowed to use another person's cell phone. You're never allowed to let your phone be used if, you, if your kids have cell phones, okay, at this age. And for that matter, all the way up. All right? All right, understanding what's normal from 8 to 12. Lots of questions, but also be wise. If it becomes almost an obsession when they ask a lot of these questions, I want you to do your research to see what might be driving the imbalance in their questions. One of the things they teach you to, in a good, as a good therapist is look for incongruencies in people's lives. Look for imbalances. They tell you a whole lot. If your kid is being imbalanced in any area of their life, pursue it. Find out about it. Look into it, okay? Because they should be congruent and balanced in their stuff. If they're asking 35 questions about something that they should be able to answer in one or two, I'm going to find out why are they asking so many questions about this. Okay? Um, uh, understanding what's normal, 8 to 12, masturbation is normal. At home or in private places, it's not uncommon at this age, but it should not become a compulsive or a means of medicating stress. Okay, I have a lot of teens that come see me, and they tell me if they can't smoke pot, then they will masturbate to, to calm themselves down. Very interesting. All right, The kids learn this at a very early age. And just got to keep a cue on that, okay? That may, it's because that's what's pushed out in society right now. That that's one way that you can help yourself calm down. That's what their friends tell them. In this stage, a masturbation may not be yet uh, be liked, uh, linked to lust or sexual fantasy, depending on the self-experience of your child. 
All right. So if masturbation becomes something where they use it to cook, calm themselves all the time, it then easily leads and opens the door to sexual addictions. So you just watch out for that. Okay. Playing the role of daddy and mommy can be innocent and harmless, but watch for role playing that moves towards sexual themes. Uh, be aware that playing doctor can have adverse effects on your child's sexual development from 8 to 12. Obviously, an 8 to 12-year-old shouldn't be playing the doctor, right? Curiosity with opposite gender and sheer frustration with their differences. That's normal, okay? <laughs> it's normal. It's okay. Understand that with them. Help them understand those differences. Teach those differences are really good. And I love what they always say. Um, when they say, this one day when you get married... You know, you're going to find somebody that's probably going to be opposite like you. That opposite will attract, but one, but the goal is not to make the opposite something that is causing an attack. So don't attack your your, uh, your sister or your brother because they're different than you. Um, but understand that there's, uh, it can frustrate them and, and teach them about that. If you're, uh, especially if you're, if it's a man to man talk, woman to woman talk, says, yeah, there's things that my wife, that your mom does that frustrates me, but I've learned that that difference is, helps us complete ourselves. I, she sees things I don't see. Okay? And so you're teaching them all the time that understanding there. All right? Uh, understanding of what to teach in 8 to 12. All things from earlier ages emphasize that we talked about earlier with a little deeper understanding of sexual integrity, character, uh, the character of Christ. That includes Christ's understanding of fidelity and purity. This is when you start teaching fidelity and purity at 8 years old. That, that uh, you guard your heart, you guard who you are. Uh, we're working with another church right now. They had their third um, emotional um, uh, affair between staff and somebody else. It's not this church. It's another church. Um, and, um, you know, it's just that I, when I sit down with these they're young people, I said, has anybody ever taught you about emotional and sexual, I know you've got sexual purity going on in your, in your mind, but what about emotional purity and guarding your heart? Do you understand how to guard your heart? No. Um, big part, you can start teaching kids at this age, okay? Um, and that goes with the next one here, thought control, thought control. Ladies and gentlemen, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Our mind is the most important thing. God gave us what? The heart of Christ? The mind of Christ. We have to teach kids, you can have control of your thoughts. I can tell you how many people sit in my office day after day and say, I can't control my thoughts. I can't, you know, if I ask, yes, you can. We can control our thoughts. And, we, and this, we teach them at this age, 8 to 12 is when they're starting to develop an understanding that they can control their own thoughts. And we need to teach that, especially in the sexual area. This is big for men, and the next one, accountability of same and different gender parent relationships. I held my wife accountable to good relationships with my daughter. She's held me accountable that I had good male relationships with my daughters. I only have two daughters. I don't have any men in my family. So hold that other person accountable to have a, their gender relationship, and it's a good one. Because you're going to see things. My wife saw things the way I was relating to my daughters that I did to see and vice versa. I saw things the way she was relating to my daughters that she didn't see. Hold each other accountable on that. You've got to help each other with that, okay? Boys need to have good relationships with dads and girls with moms, but opposite as well, in order to teach how to treat and act the opposite gender. Dates with your children done well can be very helpful, okay? Um, take them out, show them how you want men to treat them. 
Um, I keep, I have a, a guy keeping pushing me to put stuff that I use on my website for people to access. Um, we start talking about dating. I designed a contract for dating, and um, it was really helpful. And I used it, and it's been going around. It's a wonderful contract, and um, that I sit down with all the men that dated my daughters, and uh, they were just like scared to death to do it, right? <laughs> but once they filled it out, because the, what the contract created with them was a mutual supportive agreement between me and him. And we, I became really good friends. I'm still friends with all these guys my daughters dated because of that contract. She goes, Dad, what are you still talking to him for? <laughs> so one day I'll make the contract available because it was a really a, a neat thing. Teach, um, teach Bible studies on sexuality. This should be done in the home. Don't leave it up to Matt to do all this in the junior high. Okay, Reinforce the standards that comes from God and his design. Okay, next, educate them on sexual abuse. Teach them how to respond and who to respond to. Okay, so important that you teach them about sexual abuse um, at this age. They're starting to learn it. Pornography at this age is to be voided at all cost. This is the, this is the age that sexual addiction begins. Did you see that? It begins in this stage. I, ha- I can tell you, people that come in my office that have sexual addictions, I say, let me tell you your story. Go, what, you're going to tell me your story? I say, yes, your story is between 8 and 13 years of old, you got exposed to things that you shouldn't have been exposed to sexually. Yeah. And what we've learned in the new diagrams of the brain, which I love these things, I go to every one of these uh, seminars I can, um, where they actually literally have, they project, they bring the brain out here, and it's rolling around as a, as a projection, and they're saying, now look at this, and they open up the brain, is that we know now that when a male looks at a, a, a body, a naked body, there's a part of the basia ganglia that lights up in the brain. It's the same place in the brain that lights up when you take cocaine or when you uh, use heroin. Same exact place. So if I take a child at this age and I light up his brain... What does his brain say for the rest of his life? I can't take it. I want more is exactly it. And their brain is so smart. Our brain is so smart. It knows that if I do this, I get lit up. And it goes for it every single time. Now, the interesting thing is some kids won't light up. Okay? These kids I told you that said that uh, their pastor's um, kids went over to a friend's house and did that. So one of the interesting things was, he said, what I didn't tell you about the story is of his twin brothers, twin sons, is that when that screen came up and he saw a naked lady, there were some other friends there. They all ran out, except for him. He stood there like this. He told his dad, he says, Dad, I, I was mesmerized. I just, I just kept looking and looking and looking. Man, his went off. His was lit up. I said, you've got to watch this kid. Um, he's in drug rehab right now. He's 19. Okay? So it's all the same part of the brain. So we must, really, this is when it happens, okay? So this is the stage, the age that addiction begins. Over 90% of men with sexual addictions will tell you they got exposed between the age of 10 to 13, and they have been hooked ever since. The brain is not mature enough at this age to put sexual stimulation of that magnitude in perspective. The brain will only react to it and light up the same location that it does as the brain on, okay, on cocaine. Parents must see this. 
as one of the greatest threats to their children of their age today. Okay? It's a huge threat. You, that's why you don't let them over somebody's house that doesn't have internet um, protection on it. Okay? Um, understand what to stay clear of. Obviously, all sexually explicit material, movies, games, cartoons, music, magazines, all of it, stay away from it, especially at this age. This is when addiction begins. Craving on, uh, uh, caving in, now understand, stay clear of caving in on privacy rights. Your kids have none. They do not have privacy. You do not give them privacy at this age. Except in the bathroom, right? But you don't say, you can't look at my phone. You can't look at my stuff. You can't open my... No. There's no privacy rights to cell phones, computers, iPods, Xboxes, PlayStation, name it, name it, name it, okay? I can't tell you how many parents come in uh, and say, I just would have never known. And then I sit down and talk to them, okay, you're, you're 14 years old. How long have you been doing this? Five years? You know, they, they, they know. They know how to get all this stuff, you guys. They know how to get it. So I, I tell the parents, and I bring them in, I set them down. They have no privacy. You do not let them have privacy on any of the, of the material uh, in their life right now. Cell phone switching. We talked about that with a friend, okay? Um, another thing to stay clear of is immodesty in clothing. Don't let your teenager dress like a whore. Or the guy dressed like he's some kind of, you know, thug. Let's not do that. Old, uh, next, older friends as primary companions. We want to watch out for that. Please, please, please learn about <laughs> self-deleting apps. If you don't know about self-deleting apps like Snapchat, you better get educated. They come out daily weekly. You must be educated and know about it, okay? Because they're going to use these things. They're going to use them. They're going to use them. You've got to be aware of this. How many parents say, I just don't know this technology stuff. How, you can't do that. You have to learn it. You have to learn it. You've got to find out about this stuff or don't give them the material. Don't let them have a cell phone. Don't let them have computers. You're not going to be able to do that, all right? Stand clear of any window, any window to pornography exposure. See above what I told you. Any window, all right? Um, last, internet that is not filtered. If you don't know, get OpenDNS.com. OpenDNS should be installed on everybody's router, regardless if you've got kids or not. OpenDNS controls what goes on the router. If you know what a router is, you know, your cable company comes in, it plugs into your router, your router sends out the wireless signal, then you can connect to the wireless signal to get to the internet. Well, you try to put filters on this and this, well, Jimmy comes over with his computer, his laptop, his iPad, and he can get on anything, right? But if I put a filter on my router, which sends out the Wi-Fi, they can't, Okay? The nice thing about OpenDNS is you can put something on there when they try to do something inappropriate, okay? Like a picture like this. <laughs> you, you can put your own picture there going, what are you doing trying to get on there? 
But the router then doesn't let anybody get anything. So if your friends bring over stuff, that's why I say you should have filters. You should tell your friends about this. Do you have a filter? No. Do you have open DNS? No. Well, let me come over and show you how to put that on. Your kid needs it. So does my kid to go to your house. Okay? Are you uh, going to go to our house? I can't tell you how many people have asked me, can you come to my house and put open (laughs) DNS on? Listen. The interesting thing is OpenDNS was designed by a house, uh, um, a house mother, um, my age of where I grew up, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home mom trying to protect her boys. And she had a little bit of technology, not a lot, and she designed this thing. So it's free, and it takes a little time to put together, but put it together. Put it on there. If you don't understand it, find somebody that does. It's not that hard. If she can develop it, um, and it explains everything. It's also, you can also put this on your businesses. There's all sorts of plans for it, okay? But it safeguards from the source where it comes out, not having to have everything on every machine, okay? You can also put stuff on to shut the Internet off and not allow this after this hour. You can tell, okay, Johnny's computer can't get on the Internet after this hour and Sally's can't get after this hour. I mean, it's just a total control system. And it does it from the router so they can't go otherwise, all right? Right. That's why you put it on the router. Right. Because you don't know what machine's coming in. Okay? And the open DNS catches most of the YouTube stuff okay. because it, 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 it's based on it reads content ahead of time as it's coming into the router. So it picks it up. Good. So. And as, as uh, data plans get cheaper, the, the access to just a cellular network becomes a, a bigger threat. Exactly. Yeah, if they're not using the router and using the cellular net, then you need to get apps put on the phone to keep them from exposing. You just, you just. That's why you got to be getting into their phone, getting into their stuff, looking at it. Um, you know, you just you got you got to be you got and you got to keep. But if you're educating them early, like we're talking about here, about what's coming and how you can be trapped in this, do you want to be? Do you want to be trapped like this? Do you want to have this? Do you want to have this addiction in your head? Do you want to have this thing lighting up in your basia ganglia? Show them where your basia ganglia is. Go open a thing and look at that ugly little um, organ in their brain. Do you want that thing lit up every time you see a, a person of the opposite sex walk by? Is that what you want? Um, you know, most, most kids don't. They, don't. they know what addictions are. They don't want them. So it's teaching them that integrity the whole time. Okay. Um, let's go to 13 to 18, which they asked me to do. We'll throw together real quick here. Um, questions about morality and relationships. Real normal. Increased body consciousness. <laughs> Too much of that, right? Um, maybe not enough, right? Um, obviously, physical changes in their bodies as they mature. Secondary sexual characteristics will start to emerge now. Um, preoccupation with appearance. 
and wanting to fit in with um, their own appearance. They want their appearance to fit in. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it's not over-occupied. Yeah, none of us want to look goofy, right? Um, they will be preoccupied with the opposite gender. Get ready for this year, these years, right? Uh, masturbation at home or in private places, not uncommon. Uh, desire to experiment sexually with the opposite gender. Obviously, if that's a normal part, then we obviously need to be teaching integrity so they aren't. Increasing desire to differentiate themselves from their parents. All right, They want to start at this age pulling themselves away from parents. That's okay. And you tell them, it's all right, you want to be yourself, you want to begin to pull yourself away, but still understand, I'm your parent. I'm your parent, okay? One of the things I used to say all the time as a youth pastor is kids don't rebel from parents who have good relationships with their kids. Rebel is a way because they feel like something's missing in their relationship with their parent. That means you've got to spend more time with them and spend more time with them, okay? All things, all things from earlier ages emphasize the integrity all the more, okay? Integrity, integrity, integrity. Offer loving accountability within the context of the family's sense of loyal loyalty and community. Now, this is where you start incorporating at this age what I call family norms. I decided that my kids needed simple principles in their life to help them get by. Okay, um, I can't, My wife and I are total 100% opposite. She grew up in a very abusive home. Her dad used two-by-fours to discipline their kids. It's very abusive. I came from a very... Um, do whatever you want, kid. My parents, I don't even know. I, I don't even think they knew I existed most of my life, okay? Total neglect. When we came together, what a fight we had, okay? Um, if it weren't for the fact that we decided to go to a Kevin Lehman parent seminar because I had to show my wife how to parent, we wouldn't know what to do. So we're sitting at Kevin Lehman's parent seminar. And he goes, all right, how many of you grew up in this city? I grew up in Detroit. Great. How many of you grew up in the rural area on a farm where you had strict parents? My wife is kind of going, because I'm like farmers, what do they know, right? Kind of goes like this. She goes, you all can leave. I only need to talk to you city dwellers. <laughs> she elbowed me. I still have a bruise there. <laughs> we had to really work on developing our parenting skills to match what we thought the Bible wanted to teach, okay? You've got to work on that. That ought to be a fun part of being married to someone. Is that let's develop the way we want to parent children according to scriptures, Okay. And so we develop mottos for our kids. You know, my kids will tell you today, they still have those mottos ringing in their head, right? Raise up a child, the way you should go, he won't depart from it. That works positive as well as negative. So we would teach them mottos. Like I used, I used to see that what I saw in kids as a youth pastor was an extreme amount of laziness. Try to use positive, not negative. So, but I taught my kids to say, hasties are hard workers. They're never lazy. That would be the negative part. If you ask my kids of anybody they ever worked for, they said, man, your kids work so hard. Why do they do that? All their life, since little kids, they go, hasties work hard. Then I said, hasties are kind to others. And I started putting Galatians 5.22 into principles. And I, we have family mottos that we just kept instilling in them all the time. And every time we saw an opportunity to make the family motto, guess what? By the time they're seven or eight, I don't even have to say it. I'd say, hasties... 
always finished their homework. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever it was, they would finish it for me after a while. And today my kids are 31 and 29 married, and they tell me that those things still ring in their head. What good things, right? They changed their lives because we, I instilled in them those kind of good things. All right? So you create your mottos. Make it a part of who they are as a family. Provide wholesome activities which foster children's and parents' development in young men and women. We're going to have to go real fast here. Listen fast. Express any concerns in, relational, in a relational and respectful way. This is when you start teaching kids to be respectful to you uh, and by how you are respectful to them. All right? Express any concerns in a relational, respectful way. Teach your children to ask not only, is it right or wrong, is it wise? Is it wise? They're gonna, they can go ahead and buck against right or wrong. But then teach them to ask, is it wise? We have to get them to start seeing that. Scripture wants us to ask that kind of a question. Encourage your children to make loving, uh, make loving God the end goal of every behavior. Will this help you love God more? Mm, not really. Mm, do you need to do it? All right, here's what we stay clear of at this age. Ready? Right fast? Don't project yourself mentally or emotionally into your child's relationships. Your role is simply to help develop your child's discernment and guide his or her relationship in appropriate directions. Please develop children that can discern. Okay? Also, often, parents become friends with their children's peers. This loss of perspective or objectivity can be detrimental to all concerns. You're not the friend. Okay? You're not the friend's friend. You're another parent in that friend's life. Be a parent to that other friend. I know most of what I know as a family, not because my family taught me, but because I hung out most of my time at Barb's house, and Barb's parents were awesome. I wanted parents like Barb. So you can be Barb's parents to people, okay? And that's where I learned a lot of, uh, of itself. So be a good parent. Be a second parent to people. Don't triangulate, which means keep secrets with your children's friends about your child or his peers. As adults, parents will want to show support for their children's peers and will want to be relational, the keeping of secrets about your children or others, however, could be considered a type of betrayal. All right, so don't have something going on between your friends, their friends, and you. Yeah, don't do that. Okay. Um, don't minimize their feelings at this age, especially about romantic relationships. Let them go ahead and say they've met the love of their life and they're never going to be able to do without them. Oh, I know. Isn't that cool? Next week. <laughs> How's the love of your life? Who? That creep? Can't stand him. Don't get caught up in it, okay? Just let him express the feelings. and Okay. You know. Um, just keep instilling integrity. Well, if it's the love of your life and you're going to spend the rest of the life with them, your integrity matters even more, doesn't it? Oh, I guess it does. Uh, don't drive them into inappropriate relationships by being controlling or inconsiderate. Okay, don't do what I had this one couple come in. and um, He moved in with her, put him in her bedroom, and I said, it's your parents' house, right? Yeah. 
you moved in with, you guys live in her bedroom? Yeah. Whose idea was that? My mom's? Okay. I don't know what the parent was thinking, but when I talk to the parents, says, oh, well, I just wanted to be, you know, on the same level as them. They're 19. What are you doing? Um, again, understanding. Stay clear of self-defeating apps. Self-deleting. What did I say? Yeah, same thing. Self-deleting apps. <laughs> um, again, any window to pornography exposure. See above. See all the stuff we talked about. I want you, you've got to be diligent on this. Boy, you've got to be diligent. Um, put me out of work so I have no sexual addicted people, okay? Internet that is not filtered. Use open DNS. Don't let them go over to somebody's house that doesn't have a filter. Okay? And if they come to you and say, oh, you're so square, mom and dad, because Jimmy doesn't have a filter, so what? Jimmy's welcome here because we have a filter. And if you don't have a filter, you better get one. All right? 